We're on page Paytes. Atkan HaMoshal. This is a very interesting Moshal that we were just learning. That trying to, as a Moshal, trying to understand that, to feel, not just understand, but to feel that there, that that the Barishalm is in the room and the Barishalm is with us wherever we go, even though we can't hear or see him. And to learn how to strengthen that Hargosha, so he gave a Moshal that we were doing last week, that Luyitsuya, that Maishu Rabbeinu was in the room, and he would all of a sudden be shaking his hand and telling us that that's Elionavi, that he was shaking Elionavi's hand. And we would certainly believe Maishu Rabbeinu saying such a thing, that he was shaking Elionavi's hand, once we knew that that for sure was Maishu Rabbeinu. In the room, we would have no spikes, even though none of us would, would see anything, and we all would. We'd all uh, feel like we're uh, in some science fiction, you know, a movie. But as long as we would know that that's Moshe Rabbeinu Bahamas, and Moshe Rabbeinu says, Elinavi's here in the room, then we would have, uh, uh, we, we would begin to tremble, and, uh, and it's uh, not only did we get to have Moshe Rabbeinu with us that day, but in a mysterious way, is here in the room as well. So the only reason that we would feel that excitement of of Elinavi being in the room is because we have no question at all that Moshe Rabbeinu would never do such a thing to play games and say, hey, I'm just kidding. Moshe Rabbeinu is saying that Elionavi is here in this room right now and that's why I'm reaching out my hand for Elionavi. So we would all feel mamish, our, our hearts thumping. We would all feel excited by that. And we would all feel nervous that who are we to be in the presence of these tzaddikim and so on. Even though we only see one. So... The fact is that Hashem's Baruch has told us countless times in Teresh Shabbat and even many, many, many more times in Teresh Shabbat that lays us upon the Minak, that there is no place on earth without Him. There is no place that we can go where He's not there with us, in the room with us every single second. And and yet, whether we have sufficient amuna, the question of whether what's our amuna, and that's what we're working on, our amuna and that Mitzis, that's that we could certainly rely on Hashem Baruch and on Taras Moshe and the Taras Shabbat to tell us that that's the reality, that it should be strong enough to be able to to be able to generate within ourselves this hargasha, this very clear and strong feeling that the Baruch Shalom is with us. So let's read the bottom of the page, the in the middle. The imka and if this is the way it is with Elionavi. The emunah that, after all, we're all maminim, and all of our lives, we're supposed to believe that the Baruch is everywhere, and is with us everywhere we go. So, the emunah is much more obvious, much more pushed, and should be much clearer to us than the emunah that we have, let's say, that we'd be told by Moshe Rabbeinu that Elianavi is in the room. We were told by Hashem himself that he's with us every, every minute. And that's what was given to us in Hasinai. And the Chacham taught us that, that Hashem is with us every single second. Climber. A major part of our Avedis Hashem is to use Mishalom, to use all different ways to strengthen the, the Hergish that we have, the Chush that we have for the Mitzvahs that we can't see with our eyes. And through this, to reach a hakara, a recognition, Shahar Shalom Vaday Nimsakan, that the Bani Shalom is certainly here. 
Let's use another example. A person sitting in the room next to the wall. In case he's standing, and he's he's learning, he's in his Gemara, and he's sitting on his chair by a stander. The pesa ba mishu meachayrov v'minechas yada al kaspay. Suddenly, somebody comes up behind him and puts his hand and puts his hand on on this fellow's shoulder. Kishachash es anegia who near ad leregis. So for a second he's for a second he's he's startled. And he says to this person, I didn't hear that you came in. You scared me. He was so involved with Hashem in his learning that he didn't hear that anybody came into the room. Right? We know that there are other boys that could be sitting in the same Bismedrish, but they're able to notice every single fly that's buzzing in the room and to hear anybody that's whispering even 50 amas away because they're not engrossed in the Gemara. But for the boy that's in the Gemara, she says, I didn't hear that you came in the room. Even though the person was there. What can we learn from this very, very simple mashal? There could be a matzav where somebody is walking around in the same room where you are. He's also making noises with his feet and whatever it is. He's moving a chair. He's in the room and he's not trying to hide that he's in the room. And he didn't hear a thing. The guy, the guy by the standard, didn't hear a thing. Why couldn't he hear anything? It's the story of our lives. Because his mind was shakur, was immersed, was invested in something else. And because he was preoccupied, in this case it was a wonderful preoccupation, he was learning. But in our case, it's not necessarily that we're preoccupied with learning, but we're preoccupied with the world that's standing on the edge of our nose, the coin like we spoke about from Rabbi Nachman, that you can't see because there's a coin that's sitting on the edge of your nose. So you can't see the reality. You're, you're, in, the, you're in the room. You're in the room with this person. But because you're not tuned in, you're thinking about the Gemara that you're learning, so you're startled when he put his hand on He says, I wasn't trying to scare you. I didn't sneak up on you. I was walking around the room for 15 minutes. But the guy's learning, Baruch Hashem. So he's Shakur. His mind is focused on something else that he can't hear. So the, 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 nimshal, the nimshal is obvious, but on page Sadiq. The nimshal is obvious. But the Baruch Shalom is every single second surrounding us and filling everything and he's here and there are certain people that they are that that they are um, tuned in to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, to that frequency and therefore they're able to be they're able to pick up on that at any time that's we understand that that if a person would tell you that you have that in the room that you're sitting, somebody very important is going to come and meet you at exactly, you know, 12.30, someone's going to come there, so then you'll be listening for that person. You'll be listening and waiting for that person. Like, the, the way that the Baruch made the world, the whole meaning of, of Shabbos and Yantiv, what's Shabbos and Yantiv? Shabbos and Yantiv is when a person is, has on his schedule certain times where there are openings where, where it's like a Baruch says, I'll meet you at 6 o'clock. 
every every Friday Kabbalah Shabbos. So this week it's uh, whatever it is. There's man for, for for Kabbalah Shabbos wherever you daven. So let's say your Kabbalah Shabbos is uh, is Christ at eight o'clock. So the Baruch Shalom says, so I'll meet you at eight o'clock. You'll you'll be waiting for me at eight o'clock, and we say, sure, eight o'clock is Kabbalah Shabbos. I'll be waiting for you. The Baruch Shalom is everywhere, but he gave us the opportunity of having Shabbos and Yom Tovim. That every time there's Shabbos and Yom Tov, there's there's just an extra emphasis on the meeting that we're having. But he's always here. It's not like you need a Yom Tov to be with the Baruch Shalom. Same when it comes to Mekaymas Kedushim. There are times that are holy, and there are, there are places that are holy. <coughs> right. So so when a person goes to the Kaisel, so all of a sudden he's inspired. The same guy, like you can't you can't get him to to feel anything when he's sitting in his office in Manhattan. But when you but when you put him on a plane and he spends uh, and he spends a thousand dollars here for another thousand dollars for uh, for a hotel, you'll be sure he'll feel something. When you get by the time he gets to the castle, he's going to have all kinds of distractions. So why can't their bain shalom is by their bain shalom is also in Manhattan? If they have to go, you have to schlep all the way to go to to Yushalayim or to go to Tzvaz or Tveri to have a hergish kfakash baruch. A person has to. A person has to. Let's say he's making a chasna. So the first time he felt any gratitude to Hashem is the first time in like 24 years he felt some gratitude to the Baruch Hashem. So he had to spend fifty thousand dollars to find some chasna for his daughter, to to make a chasna to go to some hall someplace that he should have a little bit of a a little bit of a hergish for the Baruch Hashem. So what does it mean? It means there are special times and there are special places. When it comes to the Kaisal Maravi, the Baruch Hashem told us. That I'm everywhere, but there are certain places on earth where the, where the cracks are bigger, and I leak out more into those places. As it's easier to, to sense me in those places. But if you make no hachanas at all, and if your heart is totally closed, you could be standing by the castle and banging your head on the wall and the gumish is healthy. You don't, you don't have anything. So with the chasna or the yantiv. So. Yom Tov called Moadim. A Moed means a meeting place, like Ohel Moed. It's where you meet. But the Baruch is there all the time. The Baruch is everywhere. Just he, he made the world in such an amazing way, in the way that the Sefer Tzir calls Olam, Shana and Nefesh, space, time, and soul. But the Baruch made the world in such a way that when you're in, when it's a certain time, then there's a larger crack in the in the covering, and then you just see what's always been there. Hashem's always there. And then there are certain places, there are certain places like that. Just like you have certain times, there are certain places. I'll meet you with the Kaisal. That's what the Bereshim says. He's everywhere, but but pay attention. I'm I'll meet you with the Kaisal. Okay, you're going to be looking out for me. So the Kaisal all looking out for him. He's everywhere, but the Bereshim says, look after me, the Kaisal. And then and then just like you have an Eilam Mishana, you have Nefesh. When a person goes into a Tzaddik, also Tzaddik is Nefesh. Tzaddik is like the Kaisal, like you have the Kaisal in space and Shabbos in time. You go to a Tzaddik, so the Tzaddik all of a sudden a person has his reactions. What, what's the matter? The Baruch Shalom is everywhere. And a person says, wow, I really felt like special being with the Tzaddik. I felt that there was Hashem there. I felt, what do you mean? You don't have Hashem anywhere. Hashem is... Uh, but you have to go to Tzaddik to find the Hashem as well. You have to, you have to go to, to, to find the Tzaddik. The Baruch Shalom is everywhere. But the same thing. Just like you have in Olam and Shana, in space and in time, there's a, there are particular places and times, so too the Tzaddik is in Nefesh, that when, you, when you're with the Tzaddik, you feel that the Baruch Shalom is in the room. The Baruch Shalom is here with me. When you're with the Tzaddik. It's the same thing. The Baruch Shalom is everywhere. Everywhere, every minute, and in each and every one of us—not just the tzaddik—but the same way that by the kaisel, 
Rabbeinu Shalom removes some of the layers, some of the covering, and by Shabbos Niyantu, so too by the Tzadik. Because if it's a vayda, that some of the disguise, some of the covering has been removed. And therefore when you're in his presence, you could feel, God, oh, this is amazing. You can go to your million shiurim about different things, and it doesn't help you. And you go to the Tzadik, and the Tzadik says, watch out for this. You should watch out for this. And then he comes home, he tells his wife, you wouldn't believe it, you wouldn't believe it. You know, uh, I have to watch out. So the wife could say, says that in the Torah, you have to watch out for that. <laughs> but the Tzaddik says, don't go to this, uh, this is a bad place for you. You know, and you come home and you start to cry, and you say, I'll never go there again, I'll never go there again. And your wife says, oh, why do you need that? The Bible said in the Torah. And it says in Torah, Shabbat in Torah, that a Jew shouldn't go to bad places. So you, so you, could, so you have to travel to Williamsburg to go to some Tzaddik, or to go to um, uh, Muncie or Monroe, or you have to go to Yerushalayim, or to Tveri, or to Tzvaz, to find the Tzaddik. And the Tzaddik says, don't, don't, don't do that. And, it's not. Okay. and now you're not going to do it. Why? Because you feel like Hashem told you. That you're not. But Hashem said in his Torah not to do that. And Hashem is sitting there in the room. Every time you went to the place you shouldn't go, the Rebbe Shalom is there every single second. And the Tzaddik says, I'm watching you. There's someone that told me that he, got a, that he hasn't heard. He got, he got a call from the Kalev Rebbe Shamus. And the Kalev Rebbe makes these calls. He got a call. hasn't heard from the three years. The Kalev Rebbe said, I want to talk to you about something. And he's just now going through this whole Indian in his life. And he got a call. The Kalev Rebbe says, I'd like to talk to you. Just now in the Indian. Just now. I don't know where. The Kalev Rebbe called him. Three years later. He says, well, uh, the, the, the Shamus called. The Rebbe wants to talk to you. No. So he's going to go to the Tzadik. He's going to tell him something that, that, that I've been telling him for the last three years. Screaming and crying and begging. But since I'm just, I'm just like him, I'm just a regular person. So when I scream and, and cry and beg him, so then he's going to go to the cow and the cow's going to say, don't do that. And he's going to be a good boy. No, for the next couple of years, we hope, maybe forever. He'll be a good boy. Because the Tzadik, because they say, you wouldn't believe it. The Rebbe knows, the Rebbe knew about it. The Rebbe knew about it. And he called me, the Gabba called me. And I went to the Rebbe and he, and he knew that I'm up to something that's bad. And then the Rebbe told me. So... It says for me, the Barishlam is that the Barishlam is not that's not good for you. It says what Rabbi Kiva, Abai and Rav, Rabbi Yochanan, Rabbi Shlaki is not good. The Shochnarch, Mishabur is not good. It's all good. And now I got I got Mamisha personal message from I got a personal message to tell me that the Barishlam is the Barishlam is on my uh, involved in my Indian. So what do you mean? Well, all my meaning we believe the Barishlam is involved every single second of our lives. Hashem made, Hashem made the world in such a way to help us that He made He, he made cracks in the covering in the in, in, in the surface of the world, so that you could feel in that place and with that time and that tzaddik you could feel a stronger chush, a stronger hagish. The tachlis of Onzavayis Hashem, of course, is to build it up to a point where you feel that every second within yourself you don't have to go to a rabbi within yourself and you don't have to go to Yerushalayim, although it would be nice, we should all go. But you don't have to go anywhere. It's, it's there. And, and even with that, it's greater by the tzaddik and greater in Yerushalayim and greater on Shabbos, that's for sure. Because of how the Barishlam fears the help. He made the world in such a way. But, but the tachlis is that you should feel wherever you are inside of yourself at any time to, that you're able to access that, that feeling that I'm with the Barishlam Mamish. That I'm, that I'm with him. That I'm sitting with him. So he says, Adam Chayshev on the top of page 7. Adam Chayshev al Mishalom Halal. When a person thinks about these Mishalom, these examples, Kiryachal Aymelur by Mishalom, it's like he's saying to Hashem, Rabbaralish Af Alpi, Shabachusha Magashmi Mishali, 
even though it's clear to me, I know, I understand, that with my physical senses, I understand, I can't see you, hear you, or touch you, and even if I put some some uh, super duper, you know, uh, sensitive instrument in the room, it won't pick up on anything else that you're here. But I believe in that. And I want to believe in it more. And to feel that, that you hear mamish. I, I, that the Baruch Shalom, that, that the, that the, that the, the Baruch Shalom, every single Jew lives his life, mamish, every second of the Baruch Shalom's presence. And therefore, even if a person is going through a scary, dangerous place, why isn't he afraid? Because you're here. But it's like that, not just when it's something scary, when a person has not, not, no one else to turn to, but every second of life, that, that, that you're here. I just saw from you know, the great Rosh Hashiva, Moshe Shmuel Shapiro was Nifter a few weeks ago. He was... He was the last of a certain. There are a few of the old Rosh Yeshiva, just a few that are left. But he was from that connection to Velazhin to the Nitziv. He's Mishpachov, the Nitziv, and the grandson of Rabbi Paul Shapiro. I mean, it's by the Briskarov. So he, he, he was he was Nifta. So I saw that that there was a time when the Yeshiva was not in Be'er Yaakov. Now it's in Be'er Yaakov, but it wasn't at that. So Revolvi was a Mashgir. There was a time that it wasn't in Be'er Yaakov. There was some problem. So they were in Yushalayim. And they had to go from one place to the next. In Yushalayim also. Like every every few months, like, you know, you know how it is in Yushalayim. Every yeshiva, like, asks some shul, could we, uh, uh, could we come here to learn? And they open up the yeshiva, and there's like four yeshivas and 15 kailas in that, in that same place. And then and all of a sudden, the, like, the, the, the owner... The owner who lives like in uh, Switzerland somewhere says, "No, no, no! I get, my cousin's opening up a yeshiva and something." And then like everybody's going to move out. This happens every day in Yerushalayim. There are like this. So everybody's just like draining from one place to the next. You know, those that have it, their own building, like the chiddush, but a lot of kolim and yeshiva look that are in these places, and they're always changing the signs for the uh, pamphlets that they put. Out. You know, whenever they put out, they have to switch the signs. They should mix it up. So uh, you might send a check to the last week's yeshiva. So they have to put a, a new sign in front of that. You know, so Ramesh Shmuel had his yeshiva was in some in some building, and then he just got like it was before Shabbos. They told him well, Thursday night or something. They said that, that you, you have to go. By when? You have to by 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 Sunday morning. You have to already you know you have to, you have, to have another place. Something happened. So all the guys and it was a whole to do, and. And it was very, it was very close to Shabbos. There's nothing to talk about. They, did, they didn't have a place, and they didn't know what to do. Matzah Shabbos. Rav Moshe Shmuel's minig was that Matzah Shabbos after Havdalah he would go into this medrash and learn for three hours. That's before he made him love of Malka. He went every Matzah Shabbos three hours learning, and then whatever the family love Malka. So he sat in this medrash, and uh, it was Matzah Shabbos, and he, and he said to the guys. What are you standing there? You have to, you have to uh, pack it, get everything, the swarm and, and, and the standards, and you know we got to get moving. We have to be out. So the so the Bochum said, we don't have, we don't have, a, we don't, we don't have a place. We don't know what we're going to do. We're just going to have to try to, you know, stretch it out. We don't have a place. So so the Rashiva said, 
that we have no the, the, there's no other Eitzah the, as we were told that we have to be out and and it was Shabbos and we have no Eitzah and when there's no Eitzah so the only thing we can do is is to trust in the Bible to do what we have to do what we have to do right now is they asked us to leave we have to pack our things and put this rum in boxes and get the standards by the door and, 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 and to wait for Yeshua Hashem and then, and then it says in the Sefer that he he just continued learning he didn't, he didn't do anything he just continued learning and when it was close to the end of the three hours, so the Rosh Hashiva's son and another one of the guys, uh, one of the married guys, came back and, and they said, Rabbi, Rabbi, I was all excited that they got this. They met somebody and they, on the street, and the person said that, that what, uh, what happened? You look like you're upset. I said, upset. We don't want to do with the issue. Uh, you know, no, what do you mean? Uh, this other this menu shall have you in a beautiful, beautiful place. Everything was ready. And, and then they came and they came to Rosh Hashiva and they said that. So he said, we have this shiva, and he wasn't in the slightest bit in his pulse. So he said, I'm not finished, give me a few more minutes, and I'll go. When I minutes, the three hours, and then I'll go. But he, like, wasn't, it, it, he wasn't like, yeah, like, you know, was, I told you that this is, because the guys already were saying, well, okay, you know how the Bachem were all getting excited, well, okay, okay. and the shiva says, no, we had no other no, no, aid, sir, and, and Benam Lechaveru, it wouldn't be right for us to push ourselves here, they needed the place. It means that, that, this, that there's nothing except and if there wouldn't be a receipt like that, that, that wouldn't necessarily work with guys like us. For the Bacham, it wouldn't have come out like that. But there's such, there's such a, a strong emuna. Ki ate imadi. Always. Ki ate imadi. So he says, second paragraph, Hulo keches anakuda hazu, v'choyzer ala b'milam pshutas. A person has to take these words. Why am I not afraid? You see, we don't learn. The our problem is we don't say the psukim like that. We just we just rattle them off. The psukim that we're used to, even though we've we've said them thousands of times, who, we don't even think. What does it mean? You're with me. What do the words mean? So if a person takes these words. And you go over them and translate and say easy, easy words. Pam, pam, one time and another time. Him oid and always to try to use mashalim. Another mashal. Vaid mashal. Vuhaimalar bainisham, anilo margish, I don't feel anything. But I know that you're here. Right? Just like I know that even though I can't see them, but I know that in this room there are millions and probably hundreds of millions, if not billions, of all kinds of funny things flying around, bacteria and so on, the all kinds of things that are that are in this room. Remember once I had. I, I, there's always people always say lashnahar about mikvahs, you know, what I mean. There's a so I, I I used to get well Hashem I haven't had a fuse but I used to have a lot with my foot you know cellulitis you know the riser we call so so right away everybody says oh the mikvah because you're going with the mikvah the mikvah's not clean the mikvah's not clean besides that our mikvah Hashem is very beautiful and very clean but besides that so the the doctor told me so I said to him so right away my mother said stop with the mikvah stop with the mikvah and my mother of course was there when the doctor came even on my big board my mother happened to say she was passing by she was by my sister she can't she happened to be passing by 
exactly when the doctor was coming. So my mother came in and says to the doctor, you have to tell him not to go to the mikvah. So he says to my mother, Mrs. Weinberger, there's more bacteria in your son's sock, not just by me, by anybody's sock, there's more bacteria in, in the sock than in the entire, than in the entire mikvah. There's more bacteria in the sock than in the mikvah. We're living in a world that we don't see the chlal with our, with our eyes. We don't see huh? Yeah. We don't see without we don't see what we with our eyes. What we're looking at is a room that's packed with all kinds of scary-looking things that if we would see it on a microscope, we'd run for our lives. There's such scary-looking things with antennas and all kinds of mud and you know uh, things going on. But a person, so a person drinks a glass of water. So so now they uh, now everybody got all of a sudden smarter with the water. Uh, there's all kinds of things going on in the water. So all of that, look how the Baruch made it. That for years and years and years, oh, come sit down. That, that here, that for years and years, nobody knew that there was other stuff except what you saw with your eyes. Nobody knew that. So, so people were able to people our Zaydis and Babis that they had unbelievable amun in the Baruch even though he's not in the room, they believed that the Baruch was there every second. But the Baruch knew that at the end of time we're not going to we're not going to believe in things unless we see them. So the Baruch gave us a marshal that what that he showed us that there are millions of things that we can't see. Our ancestors didn't know that there were things that they couldn't see. They didn't know that. They sat down. They don't see anything that's not there. But we're living in a time, so we know because science has shown us that there, that that there are many many things that we can't see. So if you look at the beginning of the time, I don't remember the fellow what was named Leivenhook, the the fellow that was a uh, I think it was a Scandinavian guy, or a Yaki, that he started with the microscope. You know, you don't talk me. You don't remember that. Anyway, the fellow that first developed the microscope. So can you imagine? That's just, it's a pretty amazing thing. So he, he looks in this thing. He says, "Oh my goodness, there's stuff that we never saw. What kind of stuff going on that we never saw?" So when did that happen? That was exactly the same time. That was all taking place when, when at the time with the, with the Reformation. I mean, the, before a little by the, by the by, you know, by the Renaissance and the loss of Amuna. That wasn't only by Bechlal in the Welt in the world. There was a loss of Amuna, and, and, and there was a big a bigger Hestaponim, and, and that, then, then it came from there to the Haskalah. And with every step of the, uh, uh, where man's mind began to grasp more, the Amuna was weaker and weaker, and the Baruch Shalom showed us. In the world, all kinds of things that we can't see. So why do we? Why did the Baruch make things that we can't see? Why can't he just make everything that we see? Why, why can't we see things? So and, and and why is it that it only was Mizgala that this became known only when we when we stopped believing in things that we couldn't see? Because the Baruch is telling us it's all a marshal. Everything's a marshal. You think that you see everything? You don't see anything. What we see in the room, a couple of guys. There are billions of more things here in this room that we can't see. Billions of things more that we can't see. All of that is a marshal. That a person should stop and to be misbeinin, to understand and to think and to realize that 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 this is not it. It is not it. So even though I don't see, I don't hear, I can't feel. But he says. The same way that I don't see any of this bacteria in the room, I don't see this. I don't. I don't. I don't feel this. I remember I once went with the kids to some kind of a thing on a chalamoid or something, where it was uh, where it had like a what do you call it? It was a, a light that uh, there was, was there was shining a certain light, and then you looked at your coat and you saw you're covered from head to toe with lint. 
You know, the black light. Black is some kind of yeah. But when you looked at the, with, with this R, with this R, you looked and you saw. Like I thought, I was stretching the cleanest. Uh, you know, you look at the, you look at your suit, and you and it's like you're from head to toe covered with with, with schmutz. Every one of us is from head to toe covered with all kinds of stuff that we pick up just walking through the air in New York. We're head to toe covered with all kinds of stuff, and and and. And when we went in, I was thinking because they put this thing on. We went into this like some ride, you know, like something. And we went into this thing. So it was the kids we were lifting, looking at everything. And and, and I said, that's what it means in the pasuk. I mean, the kids they want to hear this from me, but I said anyway that Orcha nira or Rabbi in your light we see life. What does it mean? Orcha nira or Rabbi Shalom. Can you imagine that that it's going to be the some instance you come there and the Rabbi Shalom says, come over here. I said, well, what the... The Barishal just turns on like a switch. And in that switch, all the Averis show up. You know, every, every, all the lint. All the lint. The good stuff too, Hashem. But all the lint is going to show up like and you say, what's that? I didn't see any of that. Like all kinds of scary looking monsters. I didn't see that. Yeah, that's when, that's when you spoke Lashon Hara about the guy in the next cubicle. And that's when you that's when you look through. You shouldn't have looked. And everything has a date on it and everything is marked, right? All the lint that you pick up being in the world. That's what it means near or and and if that's for a bad thing, the Mimiya full Mukhapalas when it comes to good things, every single thing is Mamish Chaivakayim. Every good word, every good thought is Chaivakayim, is Mamish alive and is we don't see it, we don't feel it. We don't feel it. You know that even in Ruchnis you can come to a certain place and you feel that they call bad vibes in that place, right? You know there's nothing there. You don't feel good about the room. There's a Rashim from the people who were before. It could be a Rashim from things that were going on here before. Remember we, went, we were looking for a house when we were trying to move to the neighborhood. So we were looking for a house. And I always wanted basically, there were two things that I was looking for in a house. That was central air conditioning and a place to put a sukkah you know, near the kitchen. That's why I was like. So Bokhashami got one of that. Central air conditioning is not my mazel in this world to have <laughs> central air conditioning. But, but so we went to this place and it was a really nice house and the price was like much, much lower. This goes back when it was 13, 14, when we moved. And the price it was, it was like crazy because the people, whatever, they were, they had, it was one of these in Yonah, but they had to leave. And, and it was a Gewaldige price. It was a big house. It was a nice house. So I, so I thought finally, because I, I hated, you know, uh, going look. I hate doing that business, going to look into the real estate and all that. So, so we walk out, and I was like, you know, I... I, I I wanted right away that we should finish and let's get, let's get going because at that time we were schlepping every week. You remember that time we were walking? So, so, I, so I said to my wife, wow. so my wife said, I don't like it. I said, what? I said, and I went through like this one is this and this one is that. That's good. I don't, I don't feel good here. I don't like it. So I said, we, we, you know, my, my wife's a chazan's daughter, and a chazan, whenever they walk into a room, they go, <coughs> they start to test the sing. <laughs> so I said, what's this, not good for chazanas? You don't have to sing in the handy over here. What's the matter? She says, no, there's bad, something bad here. I don't want to go. I'm not coming. She said, you'll, she said, and she's not like this. She's not like into this stuff. My wife's a lip talk. She doesn't go through all these things. So she said, there's something not good here. I don't want to ever come back in here. Finish. We found out afterwards that there was a horrible divorce of all kinds of service and there was an Indian there of a child that was abused in that house. And we found out afterwards it, it was a, that it left behind a Russian. And then my wife, 
picked up on that very strongly. That this, this, she said, it's a sad place. It's not good here. I don't want to be in this place. I don't want to be in this place. Is there a way to clean that? Yeah, but it might cost more than the house. <laughs> and at what cost? I don't, is there a way to clean? You know, one of the things that was most that, that was hardest for me to give up. I'll tell you an interesting thing on this Indian. When we first before this, when we when we moved, we, we lived in Farakway. And at that time, they were trying to build up Farakway because it was a question of where it was going to go at that time. This is a Maisa from 25 years ago. And um, and we took a chance, and the government was helping with some mortgages, and we took a chance to buy now. It's like it's a galafta because that was right by Teg across the street by Jarvis. If you're familiar with the neighbor, so we we had there was a new house that was being built from scratch. I had such a chiyus in that because there was never ever brought into the house a television or anything or a newspaper. Never was brought into the house. And we had it we had it from scratch, and and um, and I had a big chiyus in that that there was no, there was nothing ever that polluted. The place that would be easier to dive in there and to learn there, that it never had anything that wasn't Altar Sakardish uh, in that house. And that was one of the things that was very, very upsetting to me to, to leave such a place because, you know, unless you build a new place, and not only that, you have to have all kinds of Akpadis with all kinds of Akpadis with the workers, and I took care of those, I took care of that also. That, I mean, I can't be 100% sure, but the builder was a Yid. And I arranged with him, and I gave him money that they shouldn't ever bring in a radio or anything into that into the house. And he and he and he said he promised me he took care of it. And they knew that in that place they're not going in with anything into into, into our house. There was nothing that was brought there that was goyish into the house. But once you already have it, especially you know the house that we moved into here was like 80 years old. That's got like two minutes from World War One. You know what I'm saying? It's a little bit past uh, World War One. <coughs> So that's very, very hard. To, it's very hard. It's worse than cockroaches. It's worse than termites to get out. It'd be nice if you just put like a can in the room. And, but forget about what the others made in our houses. We have to our own to make sure that we don't increase the pollution that's in the house. And we should try to clear things away. Avada with a lot of tefillahs and a lot of crying and a lot of and a lot of that it's possible. So they can clear away places in the world. In Stettlich in Poland, that they were that they were that they were killing people in Gilei over for a thousand years, and Sadi could open up his marriage. There's a way to do that. It's a very big Indian. when you open up the shul, you open up his marriage to make a malcolm kedusha. To make it, that's why it's such a scary thing. You have now became popular in America to you know to dive in, it in houses Friday night. It became too hard to walk three blocks to shul. You know, I'm not talking about people that live. Far away, but uh, to ha- everybody wants to have now a shul on their block. It shouldn't be mice and nefesh to go. If it's raining, I might get wet. So you have to walk. To th- so they're going to these houses that the whole week the houses, well, people are living there, and the house itself had an advantage. Who, what, where? That all, of, that all of a sudden, 15 Jews get together in this basement. What were they talking about in the basement? What is this basement? There's no Kedusha's base like Knesset. There's no, there's no, there's nothing. The Shechina Kedusha. All the schoolers <coughs> that the Gemara tells us in Brachas and other places about that, that Miyad Mishmas, you go to a shul, you daven, the Shechina, the Bernishim is waiting for you, in the sh- and you daven in the Tefillahs. There's an Indian, you have a Tshuva, the Nagi Bihudu, where he brought the Nagi Bihudu, the son, but a Tshuva, that if it's a place in the house that's always used for Tefillah, this is designated. 
and, they, and it says they, they even put up shemis of Hashem, you know, shivisi and so on, and it's used for tefillah, and that's what they use it for. That, that's all. No, there, there could be maybe he holds that there could be a kedusha bezeknesis, but that's not what goes on with these places. You have you have stam. They switch off this house, that house. We we're going to dive in this house on on, on Friday night. But to go down to make because of partial laziness. I'm not talking about someone sick off of it and, and someone or a shiva. You have to make a minion. Stam lazy. Because he can't walk two blocks. Never, my father said he never heard in his life where he was in Europe such an Indian that people shouldn't go down in this measures or Shtibol or Shul. There was ever such a thing. That just to, to put out some Sadurim and come down on, on our block in the house where, where the house could be filled with all kinds of Diburim. Who knows what goes on there? Or the, the internet or the television and radio and Diburim and all kinds of things and books that are on the shelves. All kinds of Tumas. And then, and then the Oilam comes there Friday night. Your whole life depends on Friday night. The whole life of a Jew depends on Shabbos. And you come there into the house and you daven in the house and you could have gone three blocks to a shul, whatever, a shtibul, a shul, a smedrish, a yeshiva that's, that's filled with a sh- with a shchina, that's a migdash ma'at. And instead you went to a house, it's all, we don't have a moon, we don't, we don't, we're lazy. If you think about it, you have to be out of your mind to do that. For two, I'm not talking about if someone lives in the, if someone lives in the middle of nowhere and they, and they have a house to daven. Or, I'm talking about people that live in a Jewish neighborhood and they won't go to shul. They're going to start to daven in the house. You have to be out of your mind. Either that or you just don't have any Amunah. Because if you have Amunah in Chazal, then what about all the schools of the basic nests? But the Gemara says of diving in a shul. What about about the fact that it's a Bismarck where there are Jews that are sitting here learning Torah day and night? Or a place that's filled with the tefillahs of Yidin that they come there, Rashani and Kippur filled with tefillahs. That every single thing in the, in, the, in, the ha- in the shul has in the air tefillahs. And instead you go to the house and you're diving in the house. <coughs> For what? Because it's two blocks closer. The, the person has to make a cheshman and nefesh. What we see with our eyes is nothing. What is? If a person could see with his eyes, but when you walk into a shul, what's in the shul? What does it mean, the Shekhinah Kedosh, like, like Chazal say, that the Shekhinah is waiting for you? And the first person that comes into the shul, the Asari Rishonim, right? What a big schusser is, the first time to come to the shul, how the Shekhinah comes and kisses you, Mamish, when you come to the shul. You don't see that, you don't feel it, but that's what's happening. Instead, you go to somebody's house, and the Balabus is standing there, hey, Yanki, how you doing? How's, uh, how's Rhonda? You know? That's how you come Friday night to shul. The whole week to come to Kabbalah Shabbos like that? But this has to ponder that we don't see, that we only use our eyes to see. So I see, I see ten Jews, so why can't I dive in here? What's the matter? Why can't I dive? See, it's a good thing you made on the 26th. Where are we now? 24. You have that little. Oh no, we're in this. This is it. This 24. So you have here this. So you have. You, you bring here sometimes to say Karen here too? This. There's never. Uh, what about Minchanatanis? To you or But you see, but the fact you have here Swami, you have here Shiram, this room is already better. This is already a good room. This is a good place. Why? Because Yidin came in here and they learned Tyre in here. And especially there's a million of Jews that come here. And especially it's different times during the day. So that's why if you have to dive in, if you're going to dive in a mincha, you try to dive in, in here. It's much better than going someplace else in the conference room. What's in the conference room? In the, in the conference room is people talking Lashon Har Nechilas and, and trying to make money. But uh, here, people come here to learn Tyre. And this is a room that's designated for Tyre. They come here also, I see sometimes the Chap Shmuz. But, 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 but the room has in its swarm. The Lubavitcher used to make a big deal that even in your house, and, he, and when he said something, he knew what he was talking about, that even in the house, if you have to sometimes daven in the house, you should have a place that you designate that place, that whenever you daven, it's in that place. Because why? Because if you do that, then that place picks up something. 
He picks up something from the tefillah. So you go to that place in the room, in the house, at least that. With the children daven, tell go over the daven, that place, and over there to, to make it a good place, a corner of the house. Put a standard, make a sitter, set up shop a little bit in that place that the children, when they daven, the girls, whatever, they should daven in that place. Because it has, because the place has an, it, it absorbs from the tefillah that are there. We don't see this with our eyes. That's what he's saying. That a person, that a person, he says, Help me to feel that. Even though I can't see it with my eyes. There are a million things I don't see with my eyes. Help me to feel it. Same thing when it comes to Shul. Help me to feel the Kedusha of the Basic Knesset. If a person would feel that, would he talk in Shul? But the, what Chazal say, it says such a, an unbelievable lush in the Zarqa that says that if a person talks in Shul, the two Malachim come down and they put their hands on you and they say, that whoever talks in shul and says, two malachim come, not one, two malachim come, and they put their hands, wings, whatever it is, on your head, and they say, Oy has no portion in the God of Israel. It says that in the Zohar That means if we could see with our eyes, we would see that. If we could see with our eyes, we would see, if there's talking in shul, all kinds of shaydim malachim, scary malachim, chabalah, destructive malachim, that are saying, this person, so get out of here. But you shouldn't come to shul at all. Go stay at home. Go talk on the street. We don't see it. But that's what it is. The Zohar Kodesh is Megalotas. That's what it is. That's the Orach and Or. Help us that we should see by your light. Not just by a bulb. But with how you sh- with what your light is. Adam Kamba Boyka. A person gets up in the morning. Gets up in the morning. Goes to the bus stop. <coughs> he's, he's thinking. And he says, and, and if there's nobody there, you could even say it quietly. I'm sitting here by the bus stop. I mean, so my egg, right? I'm sitting by the bus stop. Am I here by myself? Am I here by myself? Or are you here with me? Is there anybody that can see what I'm doing now or not? I believe that I'm not here by myself. You're here with me. And that you're seeing, and that you see exactly what I'm doing. And this is how Jews should live the entire day, the whole day. Kameshes kano. Adam tzarech lahaskila atzmai midei pam es mitzias hadbayre ledar beimai daka eshtein. All it means is taking the extra time to use these, to ask these questions, and to say these words, and to live this way. Of course, he says, the ideal thing is, everything that we've been learning in the Sefer until now is to have more time, not just 10 seconds, but during the day, to take some time where you develop these feelings and work on them more, not just uh, by the bus stop or not just, you know, for a second or two. And then you could tap into what you opened up during that longer period of time, and during the day you could review these things. To repeat and to go over. When you believe and you know that thinking about these things and knowing these things are the essence of life itself. What we're talking about now is, some, is not some extra nice thing of art for Shabbos. This is the essence of what it means to be a Jew. We're talking about the, the tachlis of being a Jew. 
even though he doesn't yet feel it, it didn't. It, it takes time. But at least he knows in his head when he says these things. He has to do it for months, for months, for months, maybe even for years, until you start to feel very, very differently. But in the cycle, you already know it, and it's very clear to you. That this is in the kud of my life. The Rabbanishalom should help each and every one of us to seek the Rabbanishalom be'emes and sebislach slowly by truly, truly seeking him that you begin to feel and sense it very, very strongly that the Rabbanishalom is mamish there with you and to be attached to him all the days all of the days of your life We'll, we'll, we'll continue next week as Yantus so will continue the following week. This <coughs> Kabbalah Torah doesn't only mean, if a person's shuas means that thousands of years ago there's a mice that happened over there in the Midbar Sinai, so that's not Kabbalah Torah. Kabbalah Torah means, like, like the Alexander said on the Pasuk, remember the day that you stood by Har Sinai. What does that mean to remember the day we stood by Har Sinai? It means, not like everybody will answer right away, oh, because my neshama was at high Sinai. That's nice, but that's not what he's talking about. Alexander said that when you felt yesterday even the slightest desires to become a better Jew, to learn more, to daven better, you should know that at that moment the Rebbein was giving you the Torah again. You didn't see it. But the Rebbein was a little bit of a mime at high Sinai for you at that, at that point. But the Rebbein said to you, you couldn't hear it with your ears, but he said to you, remember me. And then you had a hisayrus to be a little bit of a better Jew. That's what it means. Remember, remember those moments in life. Because that's, that's a, a maimon has seen. When it comes to shavuos, when it comes to shavuos, I'll just tell you this. There was a tzaddik of Shlomke from Israel. The Rebbe of Shlomke is from Israel. So one time, he was a big, big tzaddik in Yerushalayim. Rebbe Shlomke, it happened, it was already... It was the morning of the first morning of Shuvah. So after the whole night, the technical Shuvah and learning and everything, it was just just that time. By, by it was dawn, and he called over his he called over he had a, he had a his his uh, shamus was a big tzaddik of Elia Roth, and he called over Rebellia and he said to Rebellia he said to him like this, you should know that the same way the Bereshit came thousands of years ago, and he asked Klai Yisrael, do you want the Torah, and we said Nasev and Ishma. He said, I have a Kabbalah that at this time, right before the sun comes up, on the morning of Shavuos, after the night of Shavuos, on the morning of Shavuos, the first morning, I have a Kabbalah that at this time, the Rabbi asks each and every Jew, do you want the Torah or not? And he said, Rebellion, me and you, we're here together. And he took his arm and he screamed out, and the two of them screamed out, Na'asir and That's what Shavuos means, to be Makabal the Torah ourselves, not just that, uh, somebody else, but ourselves. That's Kabbalah's turn. Let me show you it should be Mitaych Simcha Ba'achavah Salaykum.